What's up, everybody? This is episode two of our podcast. Today, we'll be talking about the MLB, NBA, and NFL. Today is a really exciting episode. There'll be a trivia question, and there's a lot of news to go about. Um, if you okay. want to start it, Dylan, that's all you. Okay, so the Padres have made some big, big surprising moves that shocked uh, really the whole MLB and the MLB fan base as acquiring Blake Snell um, for some of their top-round prospects. Yeah, and uh, I think what do you think a... of this move, and will this um, increase the value of that Padres team against yes, the Dodgers? Yes, I, I think it will. The Padres, with uh, with the, they yeah. already have a pretty good pitching staff, and especially with like the Nelson Lamette and now Blake Snell, a uh, veteran pitcher with a lot of experience, especially with the Rays going pretty far this year. Yeah, and all the experience they have, I just think that'll be able to mentor the young pitchers coming into the Padres. And Charlie, and, just, and not just th- this move. Um, was something that Blake Snell wanted out of Tampa Bay. As in oh yeah, I, I definitely World think Series, Kevin Cash pulled him only at seventy-five pitches. Yeah, I do think he was frustrated with the Rays um, team and all the coaching stuff, but I do think he's happy with this because the Padres were definitely a better team than the Rays, and now they're even more of a better team, adding Haas Young Kim, and this is just crazy. They're building a super team. And they still have young talent, really good young core coming. So I think that's a big part. And I think they have a really good future and a really yeah. good, I think and they'll be really successful. The international prospect shortstop that has been lighting up the KBO uh, league this summer has just mm-hmm. been signed to their active roster. Yeah. Um, does, yeah. does he, pro- uh, does he um, possibly have a starting job over Tatis or at second? Yeah. No, I think, he moves this, I think he moves this. Uh, I think he's going to play the infield somewhere or come off the bench. I just think Tatis and Cronworth are just too good. Yeah. With, they, they, KBO has less talent than the MLB. It still has a lot of talent, but I just think um, he has to get yeah. used to the MLB, get used also, to the play style. I don't think he'll get a starting job right away. I think he has to prove himself. Because Tatis and Cronworth really proved what they they were last season. And – you can't just come in there expecting to play. You really, if you're Haas Young Kim, you have to come in there working hard and prove the coaches that you deserve a starting spot at either shortstop or second base. Now, I disagree because if I was Fernando mm. Tatis, just had a breakout season, uh, mm-hmm. put my name on the notice for the whole league to see, I would be worried because they just signed this groundbreaking shortstop in my yeah. position. Uh, you have to think, if you slump for a little bit, they are not going to think twice about putting him in. Yes. Yeah. Tatis is – I think Tatis has too much potential to not start. And I think they'll uh, – even if um, uh, Hatian Kim starts, I think they'll have – they'll find a place for Tatis to play because there's – you can't – you can't put that much talent on the bench. Well, I – What do you think I, is a great trade value? Because what I'm – Yeah, I do think Tatis he's a great trade value. One-year wonder, there's going to be teams – um, like currently the Tigers or rebuilding teams that want to take yeah. a chance on one-year wonders and discover their front years. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I do not think they'll trade him because Tatis shows some real talent. He was consistent, pretty consistent throughout the year. But I really, if he's going to take a starting spot, I do not think he's going to take Tatis, in my opinion. I think Tatis will have another great year, and I think, if yeah. anything, he'll probably take Cronin's worst, Cronin worst spot. But I just think... Um, he's just gonna 
I, I think he's gonna come off the bench at off start off the start of the yeah. season and then yeah. get used to the. So the I have a question for you guys. As yeah. earlier uh, in this off season, the Braves signed to a two year deal Charlie Morton, who is also on the Rays. So the Rays don't look too well at another World Series contender for the AL. But who do you think um, will take that second slot in the NL or, or the first slot? Because the Dodgers are a complete super team, and I think they will strongly be the one seed in the NL. I who think, the, think two will be seed, the two seed. Two seed will be the Padres, especially with all their players and their oh yeah for sure thing up. I, I don't think I don't think there's a conversation for that. I personally think that the Dodgers and the Padres are probably one of the two best teams in the league right now, and with them being in the same conference, I just think they'll be one and two for sure. Yeah, I definitely think that the Padres are a bit overrated. I mean, hmm. they they were all hot stuff um, going all over Bleacher Report and all of the uh, Instagram and TikTok and YouTube stories. But mm-hmm. they got knocked out and swept by the Dodgers in the NLDS with really no chance. Yeah, uh, well, that's also on 11-3. In well, I, I think because that there is a slight possibility that the Braves um, – Take the NL seed. What percentage? Uh, I'd say it's a fifteen to twenty percent, just because I think they will be like hungry and uh, upset with how they lost and they choked the. Yeah, but I feel like every team is going to be upset, and when you're playing professional sports against that good talent, upset, and especially in that big of a team sport, being upset and being really motivated, it doesn't you know, always turn out the way you want it to be. Like in basketball, you could literally, you could take over the game. But in baseball, you have to wait your turn, you know. And that's, I still think the Padres will um, yeah, win same. Okay. So, so wrapping do you up. think that the Padres will make it to the World Series? No. no I think I it's going to be. The- I think the Dodgers. Dodgers. Dodgers definitely Dodgers. Yeah, Dodgers. So that will wrap up our MLB portion. And We're going on, on to the NBA. I have a lot of things to talk about here. First off, the Clippers losing by 50. A lot of people are saying they're done. A lot of people are saying they're in their playoff form. Um, I don't – this is the third game of the season. They're missing Kawhi. But th- this is no excuse. It's a really bad loss. 50-round oh, loss to the, um, to the Mavericks is bad. But I, I think they'll still go far in the playoffs. Um, yeah, Sam. I just think, um, I just think that. Uh, well, I think that the Clippers got embarrassed last night. Mavericks. Well, who are a good team, but no team should lose by that much, especially with a team with that much potential like the Clippers. And I definitely agree. I mean, I would not want to be a player on that team that has to go no. through the wrath of all the coaches. Like, yeah, you were missing Kawhi, and yeah, you had a bad game, and yeah, some teams get upset. And yes, some teams just completely lose it. But losing by fifty-one points, and especially at twenty-nine, at half, especially at halftime, yeah, it was like seventy-seven to twenty-seven, I believe. It's unacceptable. But a lot of people are saying they're out of the playoff um, picture. But I don't. I think no, still no, no. I don't think they're they will still go very, very alive. They're yeah, still very alive. But I think that the the uh, three seed, two seed stuff. I think that's. I, with um, 
with like a mediocre season, nothing too great. But I think they're a team that can come together when, when they need to. Yeah. Especially with Kawhi yeah, and we're PG. Forgetting about their big wins. Um, yeah, the against one, the Lakers. They looked the Lakers rig night. They that looked unstoppable in that game. That's what I'm saying. That's why a lot of people shouldn't be hating on them and like losing hope in them just for the third game, like in the postseason. They yeah, they looked dominant in their first two games. In and it's just one game. In basketball, you need consistency. And yeah. consistency over uh the span of the season and the postseason maybe needs to be the number one priority. Because they, they can't go out and lose by fifty points to the Mavs and then yeah. absolutely beat the Lakers, uh, looking like MJ's. 1996. Uh, yeah, 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 um, yeah. And also, um, a next topic. Last podcast, we were talking about how Curry had to come out as a better scorer and better individual player. He did that. He scored 36 against the Bulls with Damian Lee hitting the game-winning shot. Everybody was so happy. They're getting their first win, almost 0-3, but 1-2. Curry had 36, really impressive game, and I think he showed he could be an individual scorer yeah, if he needs that's to. What I, yeah, yeah, talking that's about what individual I, scores, uh, LaMelo ball, ball hasn't done too well in this um, Well, he's more – do you bust or trust I trust him. I trust, I trust him. I, I, I trust I trust him. I think trust. Well, I, I think trust. Uh, I'm busting Lamelo Ball. I think. Well, Dylan, here's think, the thing. I don't know if you've watched his game. His passes are unbelievable. He he just has to get used to the NBA side of things, where he's coming from the NBL, which is the overseas league. I think he'll be absolutely fine in years to come. I think he'll be a 12 point per game scorer this year. He's gonna be an eight assist guy. I think he'll be totally fine. Yeah. Well, it looks. It looks like as Jack Jostrom back back. The call, yeah, sorry guys about that one. Like, it looks like uh, Lamelo Ball has great passing ability and great. No one to pass. He has no one to pass to. Well, I'm you're forgetting Scary Terry, Devonta Graham. Yeah, they, he has no one to pass to. Gordon Hayward. I mean, there's no excuse. He's been getting eight assists. I think he has a great team as a rookie. I mean, coming into the season, the Charlotte Hornets, like, it seems like such a bad team. And, like, the Charlotte Hornets, they're not they, – I don't – they started out as a broadcast, the worst team in the league, worst team we've ever seen. The Hornets weren't ever good. Yeah, like, uh, and especially last night's win over the Nets. Like, wow. Yeah, that was – that was impressive, man. A statement win, as yeah, they call that, it. Yeah, that silenced all the – that silenced a bunch of people with all the – like, the Nets, I, they're a great team. Don't get me wrong. Spe- Spencer Dinwiddie is injured. That We'll talk about that later. But I think that the Hornets have proven that they can contend. Uh, I don't think they'll make the playoffs this year, but they look like a rebuilding team. I think team. they will. They look like a rebuilding team. One thing they'll make the playoffs? playoffs. Yeah, the way – They the, won one game. They, but the way they've been playing as a team, they love each other. Okay, but I I when, haven't watched many Hornets games, but I can't believe um, that they're gonna make the playoffs. Okay, just Lamelo. Okay, Lamelo Ball isn't playing all that. Lamelo Ball isn't their whole team. Last night, Gordon Hayward just showed his potential, and they just he had twenty eight points, I, I believe. He's he's showing why he deserves that contract. And he, he proved it. He played great, and I just think they could go really far. Yeah. 
Uh, Lamelo Ball and Gordon Hayward have a great relationship already, and I just think that's gonna go far for them. The last seed and get knocked down the first round. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, that could be it, but they're still in the playoffs. And so. talking about playoffs, look at those Cavaliers, man! Yeah, oh. three and oh, what a, like what a start to the season from a team that nobody thought would go anywhere. I'm not saying they're gonna be the best team in the league, but they look like. A much better team than where they left off after LeBron left. Oh, yeah. Obviously, Colin Sexton, starting off the season, probably, like, I think he's fifth in scoring so far. Bradley Beal in first with 99 points already in three games, averaging 33. I mean, it's ridiculous. But Colin, man, Colin Sexton, he's been playing amazing, um, scoring a lot, dishing the ball, obviously playing great defense like he's known for. And he's they just have the winning mentality that they need. Wow. Season. Just in, John Moran went down and needed to be needed to leave the the court with a wheelchair. That is not good. No big. He was bowling. Oh, that is not good for the Memphis Grizzlies. And if you're a Grizzly right now, you should, Grizzly fan right now, you should be very worried for a tough for as a guy as tough as Jaw like that. For him to need to go oh, off my. in a wheelchair, that is not good. Oh, oh my! That I'm is not good. That is not good, but one thing nobody realizes. I think you might, you go, you guys. John might Moran has this. a left ankle sprain and will not return. Oh for no! Tonight's game. So wow, it is that's lucky. bad. It is lucky that nothing serious, serious has happened. To yeah, him. nothing. But that one thing, one thing people don't take into account: Jaron Jackson Jr. He is younger than Jaw. He has. He has the same amount of potential to lead this team as Jaw does, in my opinion. Yeah, but do you disagree? I, I, he won't fill in like. I Jaw agree, does. Jaron Jackson. Yeah, he doesn't. But Jaw is someone who made it makes an impact right away. Jaron needs to adjust. Jaron, you know, he's a raw, he's a raw prospect. Yeah, gotta, yeah I totally agree with that. I mean, Jaw comes into the locker room with the number two pick, and he's not boastful. He doesn't brag about his game, but there's that sense of. Uh, toughness and you know trust in the air when he comes into a clubhouse, yeah, uh, or a locker room and, and says, "John, John Moran is just John Moran is that one player that you love to watch, no matter what team you're a fan of, and uh, to, to see an injury like that, no matter how severe it is, you just hate to see it. It's it's terrible, yeah, yeah. especially uh, ja- yeah, John Moran is good. Jaron Jackson, he just got to fit in with the chemistry, like they." He, his play style's just got to – he's young and he's just got to fit in with the play style that the Grizzlies have. Yeah, and he's shown flashes of greatness so far, and I just think that's so big. And Dylan right now has a trivia question he wants to ask you guys. Okay, so as we know, the New York Nets have been on a roll this season uh, with the tag team of Kyrie and KD. But can you name – the uh, starting five. We will be announcing this answer at the end of this podcast. Night. Yeah, and, and we will be announcing this answer at the end of and the podcast. tonight. And whoever, whoever, Stick whoever, whoever uh, gets gets us to notice it first, will get a their own five minute segment on whatever they want us to talk about in our next podcast. Yeah. So wrapping up the NBA, let's move on to the NFL. And man, there's a lot of talk. Talk about that. And at first, I want to. First thing I want to bring up is: Do you think that it was a good idea to cut Dwayne Haskins from the Washington Football Team's roster? He was acting up and wasn't playing. Definitely. 
I but think he was... is he is what's called a a um a locker room virus. Yes. I mean they put in yeah. Taylor Henneke, who have I have never heard of in my entire life, and he balled out. The team doesn't like to see him in at quarterback. Yeah. They like to see personally personally I think this is a bad move in the team. He, they could use this Honestly, he won't have big trade value, but if they want to acquire assets, really become something dangerous in the future of the Washington football team, I mean, they just got to trade him with, like, a package. You know, he's in a package with some picks, maybe another player. Yeah, and what I think I don't is, think this is a great that trade. Is that it just, you hate, like, as a football team fan, you hate to see, realize, back at last year, well, not 2020s, but the 2019 draft, they took him 15 or 16th yeah. overall in the whole entire draft. They could have got so many other things. And to cut him, not trade him, not try and keep him to see if he can do anything in the years upcoming, I just think yeah. that it's not a good move to cut him already. Maybe, like Just like Charlie said, I totally agree. Maybe put him in a trade with a package, pick another player, or keep yeah. him to see and test him with some new weapons. I, I and think this is actually early to cut him. A funny fact about Ron Rivera and Dwayne Haskins. So when Ron Rivera was on the uh, was coaching the Panthers in 2019, he got fired after after a loss to what was then the Washington Redskins because yeah. Dwayne Haskins was the starting quarterback of that game. And now Ron Rivera is the quarterback of the newly found Washington football team. Coach, coach, yeah. And he has fired, uh, cut, cut. Dwayne Haskins. Now, I don't... Well, I don't know about this move. Like, I can't decide my brain because I don't know who would want this guy in a trade package. One, maybe as a backup quarterback, but the the way he's been acting, like, doing all this stuff... He has a virus on his team. And talking about the Washington football team and the NFC East in general, who do you think will come out with that number four seed? Well, honestly, it's a coin toss, man. Like, it's everybody except the Eagles. Hoping the Eagles beat the Cowboys. All three of us are beating your Cowboys, don't But it's terrible. I just think the terrible thing is that they moved the Philadelphia-Washington game to Sunday night. So, as me and Charlie are Giants fans and Dylan's a Cowboys fan, do you, like, want to take the risk to get a worse draft pick and win to not know if the football team or Eagles win? I just think it's terrible for the NFL as a league to move uh, the football team Eagles game to Sunday night as it was perfectly set up for the Cowboys and Giants to see if the Eagles – because the Eagles game was supposed to be at 1 p.m., football team Eagles. If the football team won, they'd clinch the division. At 4.05, however, the Giants play the Cowboys. Yeah, and that now, was perfect. And now since the Washington Eagles game moved to A20, Cowboys and Giants fans are thinking, do we want to win and take a risk of having a worse traffic and not even making the playoffs? Or do we want to lose and have and but ha- have a chance of the football team losing? I just think that it's not good for the NFL to do something like that. Well, I think, had I think everybody's going to try to win. Nobody in the NFC East has really been known to tank and really have, hasn't been like exposed for tanking, like, any time, but hoping the Giants decide to give it their all. Because I really want to see the Giants win. I really want to see them in the playoffs again. Yeah. Haven't seen it in yeah. so long. And talking so exciting. about tanking, um, do you think that, because there have been multiple rumors that teams like the New York Jets and last year the Miami Dolphins and this year Jacksonville Jaguars, who have secured the number one pick, and most likely Trevor Lawrence. Do you think there should be a lottery 
for the top five. Yes, I do. Because I just don't think it's right for teams to be like start off. Let's just say, let's just say they start off one and nine. I don't think it's fair for the other teams. Like I wouldn't say free wins, but to have such easy games versus opponents that want to tank, I just think it's not right for teams to be like, oh, well, I guess next year's our year, and they stink the next year. Oh, I guess next year's our year, and then they suck again. I just think it's don't. I I just think it's not right for teams to purposely lose just so they can play well better for the future. Every team should be in the mentality to win, 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 not lose for a bunch of years, suck for a bunch of years, and then win. I think the mentality in every team's locker room is, should be to win every single game and not tank so they can have better draft picks for the future. I, I completely agree. agree because there's there's a sense of not only getting a good team, but having a good fan base, being competitive all those years. Um, like yeah. the Giants, like 2010s, 2008, uh, they were competitive that year. Even if they didn't win the Super Bowl for – like four straight years, they were still a playoff team and team that was over 500 on the season. And that brings in more and more fans yeah. uh, from the New York area. Yeah. Everybody's just excited. Everybody knows. Everybody's like, excited. They have and now chance, you see you know? bandwagon. You see bandwagon Chiefs fans. You see bandwagon Ravens fans last year. Yeah. And like, it's just you like... need those extra fans to support your kind of team um, mentality. And it's yeah. just not right. Like, like, well, for example, this uh, week there are ten. The there are five ten and t- ten and five teams battling for the final spot in the AFC. Or, I just don't like like the um. I think it's the uh, Colts. I I believe that play the Jaguars. The Jaguars are a team that's tanking, and I just don't think it's right for them for the Colts to have basically. I wouldn't say secured. But a ninety-five to ninety-nine percent chance of a win when all the other teams wouldn't say have tough opponents, but have opponents that want to compete and want to yeah, win. For sure. And the Jaguars, like the Jaguars, are like, oh, like what, well, like I said, like oh, let's suck this year, and then yeah, but they've secured the number one pick, so maybe they just want to win. But also going back to the tanking topic, the Dolphins, I don't think they. They t- tanked last year. I just think they were bad. But at the end of the season, you saw flashes. You saw flashes of people really trying, and they won a couple games. So yeah, and everyone's roasting about the NFC East being so bad. But the, the NFC East is the one division that like there's a bunch of divisions, but the NFC East is the like the one division where every team's in it to win it, and yeah. like. There's no team in the NFC East right now that wants to have a bad draft. Like, Hottest every team wants to make the playoffs. Right now, the NFC East is the most fun, competitive, and fun-to-watch division in football. Yes. And the NFC yeah, East I, slept on. NFC East has a lot of injuries this year. And as a healthy division, we've seen that the NFC East is always up for grabs with – all with meant with all four of the teams being competitive enough to win, win, and win, and every single year, like I wouldn't say it's like no team in the NFC East like clearly wins the division each year. Yeah, it's always definitely cool. not, definitely not, because every team is competitive. It's literally a coin toss. No team is very, very good. No team is very, very. I mean, yes, there's a couple teams that are very, very bad. Nobody's having a good season, but at the end, the Washington football team and the Giants have really set their game up and look competitive. I'm not saying the Cowboys, Cowboys don't. have won their last three games, I believe. Yeah, that is pretty impressive and 
all the teams in the NFC East are on a three-game skid. So momentum is shown to be a big, big factor in the NFL as the Ravens are just heating up at the right time. And And the Buccaneers are on a skid. So do you think that will affect the games, or do you think the better team will still win? I think the better team I think will the still better, win, especially the better team will still win, yeah. Better better team will still win. And because it's week seventeen, everyone's fighting for playoff spots in the tight uh-huh. races. I think that any team that has the momentum right now heading into the playoffs that's gonna be in the playoffs will be set up nicely for a wild card or a bye into the playoffs because teams have been hot all year, like the Packers and yeah. the Chiefs. But like a team the Chiefs like has been hot for twenty four games. Team like Buccaneers have like, they started off slow. Brady had a turnover problem, but he's really picked up his game. And in the past three, four games, Buccaneers have just been... Yeah, personally, I, I don't think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will do well in the playoffs. Even though they do have Tom Brady. I just... Throughout the start of the season, it's just, like, a lot of interceptions. Yeah. No team chemistry is shown yet. And team chemistry are, usually comes out through about, like... They are hot and they are heating up right so, now. And... Yeah. They seem like they have no problems in the way beating the Lions uh, by oh, a yeah. 40 points. But I still think they are one in four is that on primetime games, they can't win the big ones. They can they win can't. against the Lions. They can win against the Falcons. They can win against the Panthers. But they're not going to win against those um, blockbuster teams. Yeah, and I agree. But I'm just, I'm, what I'm just concerned about is for the NFL playoffs, there's so many good teams this year that I'm concerned. Is there going to be any games where teams are going to be like teams are just going to be like not hot at all? Well, like teams like there's going to be any. Do you guys think there's going to be any playoff games or any particular matchups where teams like where two where one team or two teams just don't like just don't feel like just don't play just don't play like. Don't come to play. Don't play up to their standards. Well, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won't play up to their standards. Like I said, uh, I don't. I don't think the Seahawks will. I um play up to their standards. That's really it. I mean, they got they got a uh, tough. Um, they got a tough win against the Rams. Yeah. But that didn't show too well. I mean, they're. It was really the Rams beating themselves. It looks like. Yeah. Yeah, and also I agree. I totally agree. And also, do you like, um, especially with a team that I want to bring up, the Chicago Bears, who look like after ba- losing six straight, have bounced back and o- almost o- o- are very close to securing a playoff spot. Do you think that the Chicago Bears will perform in the playoffs? I do not. I don't think they will even make the playoffs. I mean, yeah, they beat Jacksonville. You know, but it's yeah. just not enough. Yeah. If and they do make the playoffs, I, I do think they're going to one and done. And talking about one and dones and Super Bowl runs, we can name contenders and pretenders from uh, one each from the NFC and the AFC. So, so. I, think a, I think a contender from the AFC are the Miami Dolphins. Okay. Do you guys agree? Okay. Uh, Miami Dolphins. Agree, but my contender has to be the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Uh, I the think Buffalo the final. Bills, yeah. And pretenders, think, definitely the Steelers. They're, they're pretending. <laughs> I think oh, no. also pretenders 
are the Tennessee Titans. No, Ooh, I think they're contenders. That was a statement loss against um, the Green Bay Packers in the snow. But I do have to go with the Indianapolis Colts as the pretenders. As I, I, team, I do not I think, think they still think it's the Steelers. The playoffs. The, and the, the Indianapolis Colts will not make the playoffs. I think that the uh, Cleveland Browns will not make the playoffs. Oh, with that loss to the Jets? No, because every team is 10-5, and five, and all the hardest yeah. opponent to play out of every five team, out of all the five teams, the Browns play the Pittsburgh Steelers when every team plays a team either at 500 or under 500. Yeah, and, the, and, and the, I don't think the Browns will have the receivers again this week. Maybe one back, but I don't think they'll have many receivers again this week. And even if they do, after coming off a loss to the Jets, that really, I mean, besides the Jaguars, you can argue, but it really can't get much worse than that. With a 10-5 and team with a playoff spot in the line, you just can't lose a crucial game like that to the New York Jets. Yeah, and there's no excuse other than the wide receivers. But even Baker Mayfield said it himself, there's no excuse for losing that game. You shouldn't be losing to that team. Yeah, and talking about upsetting losses and uh, stuff we saw, Jumping back to the NBA, the Mavs beat the Clippers by 51. And talking yeah. about the NBA, here is the trivia question answer as yeah. we're about to wrap up uh, episode two of our podcast. So uh-huh. our question was to what were the starting five um, of, of the Nets? That and, and that uh, – pause this video if you want to find out the answer because I am about to spill the beans. So the starting <laughs> five – is Kyrie Irving at point uh, point guard, Karis LeVert at shooting guard, Joe yeah. Harris at shooting forward, Kevin Durant at shooting forward. forward. <laughs> oh, sorry, and DeAndre small forward at center. at center. Yeah, that is a great starting five, and I think they'll succeed. Whoever got and, that question right, just contact uh, us. However you may contact us on in, on Instagram. Or we're making a TikTok page. We'll put it on. We'll put it on Spotify or Spotify. If there's a way to do it on Spotify or any any way, contact us. Contact us if you got it right, and we'll attribute a segment to you next episode. Yeah. Okay. So I believe that is all. Oh, all right. Thank you guys uh, for watching. Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you guys to our for podcast. watching. We will be. Um, Posting producing more soon. podcasts. Stay tuned. Yeah. Have big news and these are your refreshers. Thank you. Yeah. See ya. Stay tuned and thank you.